You're listening to a Radio 191 FM podcast. So one of the things I really want to know is, like, how does it feel being nominated for, like, one of the top design awards, especially with an album that's currently sitting at two years old right now? It was, like, in the top ten when it came out. The reception of it was adored. Seeing that how it's progressed in this past two years, having that nomination, like, come to fruition now. Mm. Well, it's nice to hear you say that you think that a record was adored, because... I don't know if I'm um, the best person to assess how it mm. was received. And and also I think that many artists, myself included, are highly self-critical mm. and never satisfied, really. So with Zealandia, just like my previous records, I find it hard to um, really understand how people feel about it, or mm-hmm. how well it was received. I tend to think that um, it could have gone much further than it did. Yeah. It's sort of when it when it came out, it burnt really bright for a yeah. short amount of time. It did, as you said, it did chart and it did get quite a bit of press around it. But then, to, in my eyes, it disappeared very quickly. And I think there's a few there's a few reasons for that. I reckon like. I put so much time in, into fundraising to make the record. Like yeah. It cost a huge amount of money when you have a symphony orchestra and the New Zealand Youth Choir. I think there are about 100 and, 160 collaborators of different kinds. Yeah. I mean, there's no master list. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you can't cross-reference. Damn. Um, but then, you know, in the 90s, the feelers were making albums where, with enormous budgets and half of it would go on, like, the rap party. Mm. You know, like, it was money, cash being thrown around yeah. in huge amounts. And my process is nothing like that. My process is uh, really having to very carefully uh, spend the pennies wisely. There were no rap parties. But... I think something I did learn is that I didn't have any money for marketing it. Oh, okay. And therefore, apart from the press and the interviews that I gave, mm-hmm. the reviews it got, and my minimal abilities with social media, that's, I think, looking back, partly that's a mistake that I made. Mm-hmm. That maybe the record could have reached more people if I had also worked hard to raise money for a marketing budget. I mean, it seems so obvious, right? Yeah. But but I didn't. Um, I think I ran it out of energy at that point to raise any more money. Um, and also, I think that another, I think another reason maybe I've, I'm critical about how it was received is that to me, those are pop songs. Yeah. On Zealandia, that's pop music. There's hooks and choruses and big moments, but. My idea of pop music is very different to what the general populace pop music is. And for most listeners, I think, Zealandia is quite challenging. Whereas for me, it's kind of my most accessible record so far. Um, So there's this constant reassessment that we go through as as artists, I think, if I can speak broadly. And I, I go through that. I think it's having a nomination for the best awards um, is lovely because 
there was no there was no musical award recognition mm. for Zealandia. Um, and I'm 37 now, and maybe 12 or 13 years into my career as an artist, and I know from experience when I have been nominated for things, and I have won things, or I haven't been nominated for things. Awards is, is just a fickle ephemera. Yeah. It doesn't, they don't mean too much, and it's important not to invest too much energy into award outcomes and being recognised in that yeah. way. I mean, it's down to panels of, you know, four to eight people. And they all have their agendas and their relationships. Yeah, they're all trying to push for all these different people. But even then, for this, standing out amongst all these major design houses as a musical artist first, being into that design field. And of course, like you said, they've all got their own separate agendas. Is it almost like a bit alien to you, even though you worked so closely with Matt in creating the visual language of this album? Um, yeah, I mean, I haven't, my work hasn't been recognized in this context before. No. People have often given me feedback about the aesthetic of my work and the strong visual element of it. And God knows I work really hard at the presentation and videos and imagery that help to channel the messages mm -hmm. of, of the songs and the albums. I work really hard at that. So putting effort into design isn't a new thing for my work. But definitely being um, having my work recognised in the context of design professionals yeah. is a new thing. And I was really proud. It's the, it's the only album project that's been nominated. Um, so I'm, I'm so proud of that mm -hmm. and it's a testament really to my collaboration with Matt um, who uh, who really succinctly took what I was trying to do with this album which which is to find a way of communicating with nature mm -hmm. kind of crafting a language a new language and, it, and in that commune nature, whatever nature may be, with a capital N or however you want to interpret it, and doing that, re-identifying as Zealandians, kind of acknowledging, definitely acknowledging our history, our, our colonial history, pressing reset and moving forward into something new, a new identity. Not erase, I don't mean to suggest that we erase any um, societal, um, colonial um, mistakes or grievances yeah. of our past with full respect to Tangata Whenua. That's not quite what I'm saying. Yeah. But, but in crafting a language, a new language, in music and in design, I'm hoping that we can, particularly for Pākehā, educate ourselves on, on our real history, which is not something that I was taught at school. So we're at a really interesting time now when, mm. when young people and older New Zealanders are all are, are starting to feel the injustice of, of that. Obviously, Māori have felt that for a long time. Yeah. The, the fact that we haven't been taught, uh, haven't been teaching a true history of Aotearoa in our curriculum. Um, so this this language and these ideas, I kind of had to 
find a way with Matt of presenting that visually. And it's a lot, like I get, mm. I think that's a lot for a designer to maybe have to <laughs> try to take yeah. on. Um, but Matt did it beautifully and simply, and I think he really focused on this idea of um, who, who are we right now? And that's really represented on the album cover where it's a photograph, a photographic portrait of me by Louise Clifton. But my face has been um, smeared out, yeah. yeah, obscured by a graphic element that looks kind of like a continent, like a flat continent or a paint drop, paint wash. And that was Matt's concept, that idea of erasing identity or obscuring identity and asking who is the who is this? Mm. Who's this narrator of this story? Um, and from there, once that sort of smear, that continental smear idea had been imposed on the cover and we had that strong starting point, that that graphic became like a hieroglyphic, like a letter in an alphabet. And we began to craft new letters. Yeah. And those symbols um, became, they found uses right throughout the project. Uh, on the covers of remix EPs, of which there were many, um, for this for this album, uh, in videos, um, and th and in the Zealandia newspaper, which we published. So, I just love that base idea of creating a new visual language that supports the music, and that's what Matt did. How do you end up meeting Matt or getting to work with him in the first place? Like, I know he's had a long history in design in New Zealand. Did you know him, like, during his time post-Elam? Or was it, like, during the period of working on this that you'd gotten connection through other people? Uh, I cold-called Matt, actually. Mm. We hadn't met, um, but I'd admired his work for some years in yeah. Dunedin. Um, I had seen projects in which he was drawing attention to uh, communities in the Sahara where phosphate was being mm. taken and shipped to Dunedin. <laughs> um, and he was able to draw attention to that issue um, by going there, meeting those people, um, telling their stories through design language and publishing his own uh, tabloid-sized yeah. newspapers here in conjunction with um, with gallery exhibitions. So I'd seen work of his at the Blue Oyster. And, um, and I knew he, he had a very strong respect within the Dunedin and New Zealand arts communities. So... Whenever I make a cold call about collaborating with someone, I tend to yep. not try to put too much um, expectation on the outcome. I understand that, always understand that people are busy or they may, the project may not be right, but I really hoped with Matt that he would see value in Zealandia and the ideas that I'd had. And yeah, he, he came on board right away and we worked on the design together for a year, I would say. Yeah. It took a year of, of meeting and um, and sketching ideas out. Mm. 
It was a long, it was a long and calm process. And I think that something I love about the visual side of um, creating an album project, there's so much intensity for me involved in the writing and the recording and the production these things. But with design, I feel like it's fun. It's more fun mm. for me. I can relax a little bit. So that year with Mad, I really enjoyed it too. And I think as I get older as an artist, it's like, stop doing things if I'm not going to enjoy it. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm excited about continuing my collaboration with Mad. Yeah. Um, and then the glyphs. Um, I understand, like you said, the schmear or drip, the very island obsc- obscuration of your face ended up becoming a glyph. Um, in the process of a lot of them, how do you start to develop them alongside Matt? Well, I suppose there are two types of glyphs that we that we created for this language. And I trawled through the album lyrics to find symbols within them that I felt could translate to something visual. And um, that's my dog. <laughs> Um, and there were certain themes and symbols that recurred throughout the record water and travel and vessels of travel particularly um, boats was something that I found was again and again mentioned on, on the album so we could therefore create a wave symbol that was an obvious thing um, in Cook Beleaguered there's the transit of Venus is mentioned and that was a, a, a reason for Cook to come to the Pacific and Aotearoa um, was to witness that and I, and I believe that he did that in Tahiti uh, so an eclipse was and a transit of Venus symbol were both mm-hmm. were both used in, in the language of these of, of the record. Um, but as well as those ideas that I feel like I had kind of fed to Matt, I also really wanted him just to, to come up with his own based on listening to the record. So he, he created symbols that I have no idea really what, what they mean. Yeah. And I'm absolutely happy with that. That's great. I don't want to know what they all mean. Um, and maybe he doesn't either. I'm not sure. Uh, but together, those literal and then the strong minimal pattern ideas, I think that, that, that they meld nicely and they create quite an open to interpretation narrative but with clues you get the clues of of where things are going the paper is one of the main things i find is interesting because i remember you mentioned was it based off a previous paper uh the newspaper i had i'd never printed a newspaper before whenever i do a record i Mm. do a publication with it. okay so for the awakening i published a book and for forest i did an e-book and for Zealandia, it was a newspaper. But Matt has a lot of experience you know, yeah. printing tabloids. And in that respect, like, what was it like going into that realm of, especially working with Allied Press, which is now extremely local to you, mm. like just down the road, um, having that print process as well as the creation of a newspaper, it's a whole different 
um, situation compared to books, like way different process of aligning text and how it is created. And of course, with being a first time and having Matt being able to guide and help, but like creating that in regards to an album, and especially I guess in New Zealand, like the paper, the local paper is such a like significant aspect of like local news and local body and especially taking this and putting it into a post-colonial sense what, how does that like work with you and like your well, process the the paper actually came about because i realized uh, pretty late into making the record that i wasn't going to be able to tour it mm. uh, for the eight years or so that it took me to make Zealandia, I was always back and forth around the idea of the possibility of performing it live. I really wanted to. Um, and a tour is a natural way of promoting a record when it comes out. But the scope of it presented extreme challenges with performing live. I didn't really want to do it unless I had at least like an eight-piece string quartet and a small choir and a few guest musicians yeah. like the harp and the harpsichord are very strong narrative instruments on the record. And I didn't, I just couldn't find a way to reduce that uh, into an affordable, tourable live group. So when it became clear that I just wasn't going to be able to perform Zealandia live at that point, um, I was looking for other ways of rewarding my listeners, and I and the news that's how the newspaper came. Yeah, out. it was like a um, mea culpa, um, something bonus, and also it was a way to for me to document the research that went into this album. I forget, I totally, I very quickly forget how I make a project and, and mm. some of the ideas in it once it's out. I don't know if a lot of artists are like that or maybe not, but I just forget. And um, the newspaper was a way to create an archive, like an archival document of these are the things I was thinking at the time and these are the processes that I went through, the people that I collaborated with. Um, In terms of producing it, it was so fun. It was so much fun. I would, I would do bits and pieces of the layout when I was really sick of the mixing. Yeah. Listening, close listening and mixing, it really drains a certain part of your brain. And I get cranky and grumpy after about three or four hours of mixing in a day. Like that's all I can do. Um, so. So the newspaper was always like a dessert to come to afterwards. And in terms of actually getting it printed, I've never had an, I've never had an easier printing experience. Like you literally drag the PDF layout onto a template, which looks like Windows 95. It's phenomenal. Like you do it, all you need to do is drag your PDF in before 4 p.m. and the next day, there are stacks of newspapers waiting for you. <laughs> it was incredible. I'm so used to such fraught printing situations. Um, I've had records that I've needed 
more than one record needed to be totally reprinted because I wasn't happy with the colour or, this, or there was some situation that didn't come out right and I was so expecting that with the newspapers but anyway, but they just it just worked as I said, mm. minimal with your research, how it's of course like you've said it, it's very ingrained with nature what were some of the main focuses that you looked at regarding uh, culture of New Zealand in that colonial sense and even throughout the multiple decades of modernity as well as how we've affected well for each song on the record i was able Mm -hmm. to focus on one particular kind of uh side of the wider kaupapa of the record Mm. and when you have a huge concept like the one that i was tackling for zealandia in which I'm, I'm trying to educate Pākehā on what I believe to be a truer representation of our history. I mean, that's a really big thing to deal with in pop music and to try to not um, upset anyone, particularly tangata whenua, that was really important to me. Um, that's that's a scary concept. So I had to I had to really gear up properly before I wrote this music. And part of that was um, studying at the University of Auckland, the Māori Studies Department, for a year and a half, and getting a degree in arts, majoring in Māori Studies. Um, that was absolutely vital. Um, <coughs> and. It was a that was a that was a history. It was te reo, It was um, and it was the representation of Māori in the media. That, those were my three focus yeah. papers. So that was an, a really solid base from which to then um, write the songs. And I think it's a it's it's a co-papa that you can't rush, and that's part of the reason it took so long too. Yeah. I'd write and I'd rewrite and I'd rewrite lyrics. Um, really making sure that I got things to a very, what I consider a clear essence. The opening song on the record, which is one that I'm most proud of, is called Papa. And it's, for me, it's this dream moment of meeting Papa Tuanuku, or the um, Atua or goddess that represents nature, the earth. And what I would say to her if I could meet her. And what I would want to say is, um, let us take care of you for a while, um, and, I, and I'm sorry. So I could use that song to deal with that part of how I feel about this, this whole Ze- Zealandia kaupapa. Yeah, so each song represented an opportunity to, to, to do something different, and I was able to break down this huge concept into manageable chunks. Yeah, and always, like, even if you've forgotten aspects, like, re-almost affirm the ideas by always going back. And also, like I said, you continuously rewrote aspects of the song as everything shifted. Because, mm. like, of course, when you're writing over an eight-year period, time is moving forward Mm. major events like labor gang into government would have been one thing in 2017 that would have had a big shift Mm. and just to finish i want to know especially like with two years on from the album where do you see the direction of this post 
colonial idea for especially as a New Zealander as part of Aotearoa and this in a globalized culture nowadays well something I think about and respect a lot is the view that uh, the Treaty of Waitangi is a living document and that it's something that we need to understand will change with time as we change and as the needs uh, of tangata whenua change too. And I really like to think that um, Zealandia the album is a living document too. That's how I that's how I designed it. I'd I hoped when I'd made it that um, in 20 years, God knows what things are going to look like in, in yeah. 20 years. But I hope that someone would find that album then and it be an, an encapsulated progressive idea of one Aotearoa Pākehā artist in 2018 that that the themes of which are intact somewhat mm. and that they are positive ideas and that they still may have some value um, but I feel like um, I have said what I need to say now musically um, in this regard I don't know now that I'm the I'm an artist who should continue writing music on this on the idea of all the themes of nationalism um, and patriotism I think that stuff now is better to come from younger artists. Um, the best thing that I can do is um, write music about other things now. Mm. And um, that's what I'm planning to do. Well, awesome. It's glad to hear that. Thank it's been a pleasure talking to you this morning. You too, Paul. And Thank you. Yeah. You're listening to a Radio 191 FM podcast.